Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive. Hi guys, welcome back to another video here on the channel where we deal with all things narcissistic and recovering from narcissistic abuse, particularly in the intimate relationship. If there's anything you like here, can you please consider subscribing and hitting the like button or commenting and let other people know what your experience was because it does help. Today, I'd like to cover the topic of devaluation. I had an email there recently with a question um, in relation to devaluation and when it starts, when it started, like when I went through it, um, does it only start in the middle or at the end? So guys, I'm going to give an overall, an overall thoughts on devaluation. I know people's experiences will differ and, you know, a lot of people will say, or some people will say, particularly people in long-term relationships with narcissists, that they only kind of felt um, the real, you know, devaluation or awakening towards the end of the relationship. I believe that if you're in a relationship with someone that's NPD, you will be subtly devalued at every stage of the relationship. You may not want to look at that or acknowledge it or you become so codependent on the narcissist that you just work around them and you don't look on it as being abusive towards yourself. So you kind of don't really you cover it up in your own mind just to cope, maybe to bring the children up to keep to keep things going financially or for whatever reasons you stay in the relationship. It's not till sometimes people who are long termers actually get out of the relationship and they meet meet people who, you know, are normal and validate them and learn about what they've been through that they really, their eyes are opened and they really realize, oh my God, I was actually going through that. How did I ever get through it? Or how did I put up with it as I went along? But we all do things for different reasons and some of them are very honorable reasons, um, maybe misguided if you're dealing with a narcissistic person because it is a very abusive situation with them and you're definitely not not living your full life's potential or purpose. But for whatever reason, some of us stay in these relationships for longer than we should, even after we've realised what we're dealing with. Let's get back to the subject of the video. OK, so here's my take. I believe that the whole experience with a person who has narcissistic personality disorder is devaluing from the very beginning of the relationship to the very end and after and post the relationship. The, the experience of it is different at different stages of the relationship because for a lot of it, the devaluation is very subtle, is very covert and is very slow in its build-up. So it can go undetected by you until it becomes very much more obvious 
towards the middle or end stage of the relationship or that you get so exhausted within yourself that you're no longer able to keep up with the narcissist demands and by your exhaustion, you set a, a natural boundary as to not being able to to perform to the level they want you to. And at that stage, then they will give you a big devaluation to get you back on your toes, performing to their standard. So you'll notice it more. You'll notice the devaluing behavior more when you basically say no to the narcissist or set some boundaries or they're set naturally for you because you become ill, exhausted or for whatever reason, you can't satisfy the demands of the narcissist. So why then, Paula, do you think, why, Paula, do you think that from the very beginning of the relationship, you know, the, the devaluation is there and people will say, well, I didn't feel devalued in any way in the love bomb stage. I felt amazing. So here's the thing. When a narcissist meets you as a potential, say, you know, relationship partner, what they see is not what you or I would see when we meet someone and admire them and are attracted to them, etc. We we see a person who we're attracted to, you know, maybe emotionally, spiritually, physically, and we want to find out more about them and we're very interested in what they do and what they think and what they feel and why they think and feel these things. And, you know, maybe admire some of the things they do. And we have a curiosity about us and want to know more about that person and would like to interact more with that person. And it feels not just validating, but it feels like we matter. And let me just let me just for this little part, let me just explain the contrast of a narcissistic person with someone who's normal and empathic. So I've just come off the hills, basically, with Remy. We've had a walk with a dear friend who I've reconnected with recently, and we were talking about the videos and she's making some videos herself, actually. And it's a big coincidence because people in our kind of in our generation or in our community or people we went to school with, a lot of them definitely wouldn't be making videos on YouTube. So I'd lost contact with this dear friend for a long number of years and we reconnected recently post narcissist. And I'll tell you how I felt after the walk. I felt happy, rejuvenated, um, validated, listened to as if my opinion mattered. And I got great opinions from my friend and loved her opinions and her views on life. Um, I felt positive. I felt like we'd had an interesting discussion and an exchange of viewpoints, but a a mutual respect of each other's individuality and right to think a certain way and admiration for achievements and understanding for failures. And it was just a wonderful exchange and very, how can I say, very real, very loving um, and very warm. 
And it was something that I feel the interaction that we had, you would grow from. It's made me feel encouraged to sit down and make a video and talk to you, my dear friends in this community. So it, it was energizing. And I'm guessing you know where I'm going with this. If that had been a two and a half hour walk with a narcissist, the whole experience would be incredibly different because narcissists don't do all those things that I've just said. Narcissists are very different um, in every way, spiritually, emotionally, from, from people who are what I call normal human beings without a personality disorder. So the narcissist, getting back to just the point of the beginning of the video, a narcissist, when they meet you, doesn't view you like that experience that I just shared with my dear friend on our walk. A narcissist views you in the kind of ego sense. They look at how you look. They look at what you do, maybe for a career. They look at what maybe money or material success you've gained in life. They basically look at maybe your connections or what type of a, you know, what kind of a career or contacts you have. They basically look at you as a commodity that will benefit them if they invest in you. It's like looking for, you know, if you were an investor and you were looking for small startups, say, and you wanted to identify a startup that would be would match your portfolio, that would be a good investment, that would benefit you by investing in this particular company, that would uh, match in easily with the, the other companies on your portfolio. They look at you as a commodity or a resource. So in my opinion, the very start of the narcissistic relationship is very covertly very devaluing because they have no value for you as a person. The value they place in you is the value you will be to them, what they can reap from you, what they can tear out of you so that they can benefit. So you have no value as a person. So that, in my opinion, is the start of the narcissistically romantic relationship. And it's extremely devaluing. Then they will go on to, you know, to even the love bomb stage. Even the love bomb stage is devaluing because they, in effect, are prostituting themselves to hook you in. And again, you're they know that they can do that to you because you're a person of empathy. So they're looking down on your empathy as you being a fool because they know they can hook you in. All they have to do is prostitute themselves, is to pretend that they're something other than they're not, a person that they aren't, a fake person. So they're willing to do that to hook you in, yet they're looking down on you for being kind and empath empathetic. And, you know, I don't know, in the love bomb stage, if you if you did maybe show acts of kindness to neighbours or animals or whatever. They kind of pull you up on it in a certain way or kind of poo poo it you very subtly, but they would look down on it and they do look down on that kind of thing. They think that we are naive and very stupid um, and 
that's not the way the world works. And if we think the world works like that, we're fools. And guys, before we were awakened to the narcissistic, narcissistic personality disorder, we were only unawakened. We weren't fools to be loving and kind. But that is the opinion of the narcissist. So then they go on to extracting their investment from you and, you know, getting you to do whatever, getting you to do more of the housework, invest, give them loans, look after their kids, whatever they need from you, um, maybe maybe marry you and leave you quickly and take some of your resources, whatever they've gone after you for after the love bomb, they need to to reap from you. They need to extract from you. So at that stage, you know, when you're not fulfilling your end of the bargain, which you actually can't do, no one can no one can work at 110 percent and they demand more and more and more and more of you at some stage naturally, organically, you're not going to be able to meet their demands or in their minds, you're not meeting their demands or they've seen someone else that they, you know, think they can get more from or you're too full of yourself and they need to put you down because you can't be better than them. They have to be superior to you for whatever reason. They'll start to devalue you, maybe with rages, maybe with discards, maybe directly to your face, maybe very subtly where say, just give you an in for instance, say you're talking and explaining something to them and they'll sit there looking at you. And they won't answer you and you're you're saying, why are you looking at me like that? And they'll say, I'm not looking at you anyway. And you'll say, what did you hear what I said? And they said, yeah, 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 I heard what you said. Yeah. And you say, but what's your your opinion? And then they'll come back with something. Well, maybe you shouldn't have done that or, you know. They get you into a mindset where you're insecure, you're wondering why are they looking at you like that? Nothing is nothing is validating with them. Nothing is respectful with them. You get the feeling. You get a very unsettled feeling, and it's what I call the narciss your narcissistic radar. You get this after you've been with a narcissist. If you meet people that are like them, that radar kind of goes off. It's like it's like a whole introduction to a whole new human being or race of human beings. And again, I'll go back to the contrast of the time I had with my friend. And that's real human interaction. That's not narcissistic. You don't get that kind of shit going on, basically, with someone who's a real human. You don't get this. Why are you looking at me like that? Or you don't get wrong footed or devalued subtly or there's no passive aggressive stuff going on that the narcissist will use to devalue you. So they'll use all the tools of their narcissistic toolkit to devalue you. Triangulation, discards, put downs, passive aggression. Um, the list goes on. The list goes on, guys. And in the devaluation, another awful thing they can do is cheat on you. Everything they think about you and the way they act towards you in general is very devaluing. Then one of the worst things they can do is just to dump you. And we all have been there at some stage, I think, unless we've actually left the narcissist. 
But I'm quite sure even people that have left the narcissist will have been left for periods of time or received silent treatments from the narcissist. And I mean, there again, here we go, a silent treatment. How devaluing is that? Someone sitting in the room not talking to you or not talking to you for days or leaving and going somewhere else and not telling you where they're gone and not being contactable by phone or blocking you or whatever they have to do to invalidate your existence as a person, to pretend you're not in the room with them. I mean, to pretend you're not in the room with them. It's so damn childish. It's it's so exasperating unless you know what you're dealing with. And, you know, it can affect people badly because they they can think that it's them and they've done something. Guys, this is nothing about you. It's not even to do with you. You're just a mirror reflecting the narcissist's false existence back to them as being real by interacting with them. The next thing then we, you know, the awful thing they can do in the devaluation is, as I say, discard you like a piece of dirt, not be contactable, not give you a reason for the relationship ending, no closure. Another thing they do is they go on to somebody else as if, you know, they've had a really intense relationship with you. They may be married to you. They may have loads of connections with you. And suddenly they're in a deep relationship with someone else who's the love of their life. So just remember, I think I said it in another video, guys, narcissists can have up to 30 loves of their life in a lifetime, depending on how prolific they are in relation to um, their dalliances and romances and whatever they get up to. The love of their life they'll go on to and then the love of their life again, or they'll go back to the love of their life, whether they're going back to an old um an old romantic partner or it's a new one. So that's really, really devaluing behaviour to to go on to somebody else as if you have absolutely no value whatsoever. And then I suppose the very last thing, maybe the second last thing they'll do is they will smear your name when they feel that they need justification for leaving you and that you threaten them in any way. The smear campaign is is a big, big part of the narcissist feeling that they need to control you or the situation that they couldn't control when they were with you. Anyway, that's very, very devaluing because they come out with a load of old crap about you at that stage. And then, of course, even the hoovering, even come, thinking that they can come back, say, a year later and they can pick up where they left off. It's as if you have no um, authority as a person. They have no respect for you and what you've went through. Um, it's extremely devaluing to think that they can, at the drop of a hat, come back to you and take up where they left off. So, guys, the devaluing behaviour, in my opinion, um, always is, is always there with the narcissist, even in the love bombing stage. It's subtly going on in the background. They're not thinking that you're a great person. They're thinking that even consciously. And I know this, a lot of, you know, some of the coaches will say that they're not kind of conscious of their selves doing this. I believe that consciously they're aware that you're going to be a benefit to them and that you're a good pick. And I mean, they, they've decided, yeah, I want to be with you. So they have to have reasons for that. And I know that they know that you're 
the reasons that they're with you for. And they're not all because they love you, so to speak. So guys, yeah, sorry guys, we just interrupted there. Um, okay, so getting back to the devaluation, a narcissist will always devalue and they'll always devalue everyone. There's no one, no one that, you know, gets saved from the narcissist devaluation who they think greatly of all the time. And I don't know about you, but I do think, and I'm sure you'll leave a comment, please, if you have gone through this. In my opinion, narcissists uh, criticize everybody in, in their family. They criticize their friends. They criticize people who wouldn't have a clue that they, the narcissist is criticizing them. They always have a bad word to say about everybody. That's the way I'd put that. Um, so even though they'll change that, like they'll, they're very unstable, very black and white. They will, you know, talk about somebody in a very good vein one week, but then they'll criticize them dreadfully the next week. And that can change and go backwards and forwards. But in general, in my experience, the narcissist will criticize everybody that they have ever come across. They're highly critical individuals. They devalue their modus operandi is to devalue everybody so that they feel better about themselves. So unfortunately, but this might help, it's futile to have a relationship with a narcissist. Nobody is going to have a good relationship with a narcissist. You're never going to flourish with them. You're never going to be able to be your real self. You're never going to be valued. You're always going to be devalued. So on that note, guys, I'll close this video down and hope to see you again. The next video is definitely going to be about hoovering. Thanks. Take care. Take care. Bye.